Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your host, Shisa Moore, and our co-host, Mai Tao. On episode 17, we have a gentleman named Dirk. He is a pastor. And we're going to speak on this episode about how his spiritual awakening has led him in that direction. And also, in going to school for theology, he speaks about his, his awakening and how he was able to find that. And when he met his wife, that all changed too. But first, let's thank our sponsors, and we'll get to the show. Today's sponsor is brought to you by She Sells Menswear. Are you looking for the latest trending men's fashion? Look no further. She Sells Menswear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They are your one-stop, mall-inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www.xixomenswear.com. Now let's get back to the show. We are super excited today, boys and girls and listeners. Uh, we have Durr and then also my co-host, Mai, here today. And we have a guest that is... I'm super excited. I, I'm super excited. Um, how's it going, Durr? It's going good over here, yeah. Just uh, hanging out with family and all of that good stuff. Oh, what are you and your family doing tonight? Did you just have dinner ready? Yeah, it's one of those nights we all come home, we all fix dinner, and then... Uh, uh, actually, I just went to Golden Harvest for some deli takeout. Oh. And, uh, yeah, that's a local grocery store here if you're in the Twin Cities. On my way over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a very familiar, uh, very popular supermarket here in the Twin Cities for sure. It is really popular. And it looks nice. It's one of the few uh, Asian grocery stores that looks really nice. Oh, that's right. They got renovated or remodeled or something, right? Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Oh, no. okay. Yeah, let's let's dive into this conversation. Uh, you know, you were born in a household of shamanism, am I right? That's right. Yep. And you would um, has now become a, a a pastor. Yeah, I. It's hard to believe I am a pastor. I, I'm a pastor in residence um, at a local church in St. Paul. We're called Roots Covenant Church. Um, I've been there for about a year. Awesome. Yeah. Now, how with, you, go ahead. Uh, how did you become? How did? Oh, Sasha, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask you were going to ask. I was gonna say, like, I was gonna curious you more about your spiritual growth and how did that come about. Could you elaborate on that? Yes. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I could spend a whole. We could spend the whole th- time doing this, but I'm gonna condense it for us. Um, you know, when, growing up, we had just like a lot of Hmong families, you know, the, the Tsining, uh, the Tsining coming over to do, uh, shaman rituals, healings, owning, all of that stuff. And, um, for us growing up, you know, that was just, uh, a normal family gathering. Um, uh, but I, you know, like a lot of other families too, a lot of us are, uh, you know, we could, coming out of the Vietnam war, just a lot of trauma and a lot of, uh, deep wounds. Uh, in our family. And so I remember um, in my earlier high school years, just feeling a deep longing for, um, for life to change, for life to be different. Um, uh, You know, I was longing for truth. I I just felt like, you know, is this, is this really it, you know? Um, And so I didn't know that I was searching for any kind of God. You know, if you asked me then, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I was looking for God or for Jesus, but I was just looking for truth. 
And, uh, you know, fast forward um, my time in uh, college, that's when I met uh, my wife now. Um, her name is Alice. I met her. She was the first Hmong Christian that I had ever uh, struck a friendship with. And for me, you know, Hmong and Christian were like two different worlds. They, they, you know, they just, I didn't have a category for what a Hmong Christian was. All, all the, all my Hmong family, uh, both immediate and extended, we we're all shamans. So to, to be a Hmong Christian was a, was a clash of worlds for me. Uh, but I n noticed, you know, that she was just different. Um, I obviously didn't know what it was that I was, uh, why I was attracted to her uh, in terms of like what, what made her different. Um, but coming into that friendship, we, I already had all sorts of questions. Uh, I had a lot of questions already on, um, you know, if there is a God, you know, how do I know that this God wants me to read the Christian Bible uh, compared to any other, you know, literature? Um, I was also asking questions like, why do we need Jesus? Wasn't Jesus just a human person? Did, didn't he just create this religion that we call Christianity? Why do we need Jesus? Can't we just go straight to God who's, who's, who transcends human cultures and human religions? Um, I was asking Alice all these questions, and she grew up in the Hmong church. And so uh, for, for her, her answer was always, well, you, you just got to believe. You just got to have faith. And for me, that wasn't uh, sufficient uh, of an answer. And so I kept asking, who is Jesus? Why do we need Jesus? Fast forward like a year of having those conversations with Alice. I was going to a couple of college campus uh, events, and um, I kept asking those questions too. Um, one day, I remember asking Alice, hey, I still don't get it. Why do we need Jesus? Who's Jesus? And uh, on this particular day, I remember feeling like all of a sudden I asked the question, so tell me again. I, I'm, I'm like, I still don't get it. Why do we need Jesus? All of a sudden, after I asked that question, um, Alice didn't say anything. And all of a sudden, my mind and my thoughts just get flooded with a sense of all the wrong that, that I've done and the way that I've mistreated my, my family members, my, my siblings, the way that I've mistreated my parents and my friends, and, and the way that I've just turned inwardly so selfishly. Um, all of a sudden, all of those thoughts just started coming to me for the first time. I never thought that I was a bad person. <laughs> you know, I thought I was a pretty good person, right? Like I wasn't involved with gangs and, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, getting locked up, right? And so I thought I was a pretty good person. But all of a sudden on this day, I asked that question. And um, I, what I felt, what I believed is that um, God supernaturally uh, responded to me, to my question of why I needed Jesus. And so what I, what I felt like God was saying was, um, you know, you need Jesus because um, God is a pure and holy God and, and, and there by yourself, you know, you can't approach this, this pure and holy God. Um, and Jesus is uh, the, the one who can restore you uh, to this God. And so, again, like I said, I could spend the whole 30 minutes on this, but that's just a quick, you know, five minute snapshot of it. So. Okay, well, thank you for that, Jer. So I want to touch and go back to the beginning when you said that you, you did grow up in, in a shamanist family and yeah. there was a lot of hurt and things like that due to the war. 
but you being that being Hmong, a lot of families right. go through that, and there's a lot of uh, post trauma that comes with it. Yeah. But what was happening in your life at that time that made you question that? I mean, was there a specific moment, a situation? Did something, someone say something to you to push you to examine your whole life in a different angle, where you start to asking, you start asking questions? Yeah, so I think um, for myself, I'm just a really analytical, uh, introspective, uh, reflective kind of person. And so for me, it's just my default to kind of question my context and question, um, you know, what's going on around me. So I, I wouldn't say there was any anything like external that triggered me other than, again, just the, uh, the sheer, um, you know, toxic uh, ways in which a lot of Hmong families are. So, you know, if I can, if I can just be blunt, I'm talking about, you know, domestic abuse, right? I'm talking about um, financial uh, crises that create, you know, arguments in the home. I'm talking about, um, you know, just, it's like a family of us, you know, I have five siblings, we all live together, but it's, there, there were, many, many days where we didn't interact, right? And so it's like you're in the same house, but there's no community. There's no actual family uh, relationships going on, you know? And so, and my parents were, my dad was a semi-truck driver, so he'd be gone for, you know, three, four, five days at a time, sometimes like a week or two weeks. And my mom was working a night shift. Uh, so the six kids, you know, we'd come home from school. I was the second oldest, so I'd be responsible for, you know, making sure everybody was fed, making sure everyone's kind of, you know, doing their, their, their schoolwork and getting to bed on time. And uh, I think just overall, it just, it wasn't a, a healthy uh, family environment. And I think that just, that was the external thing that really uh, kind of, kind of uh, made me, again, just yearn for, for some healing, for some restoration and for, for like, basically for a, for a better version of life, you know, like what else is there, right? Okay. Like, is, is this it? Okay. And you did mention that you never met. So until you met your wife, Alice, you've never, did you ever hang out around um, any other person that had a different practice than you, like Christianity or maybe atheist or who doesn't know of God? Because you've mentioned that when you met your wife, Alice, she was the first Christian person you ever, like, Shook a conversation with, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so Alice was the first Hmong Christian that I'd ever okay. met. But um, growing growing up in a uh, predominantly white, uh, you know, school district, um, everyone was nominally Christian, right? Everybody went to church. I don't know if that automatically means that they have like if they take their faith seriously or not. I, obviously, we don't know that, but. You know how, like, a lot of Hmong people, they grow up in a shaman home, but that doesn't really mean they really understand shamanism either, right? It's just what their parents do. So that's how it is for uh, um, a lot of our uh, white American friends. They just grow up, you know, they're going to church. So obviously I was around, you know, a lot of people who went to church, um, and they were all white, you know. And as far as I could tell, you know, nobody talked to me about their faith. So I just took that as... No one took it seriously. So then when I met 
Alice, she was the first Hmong person who talked about her faith uh, in God. And um, for me, that was just a, a clash of worlds because all my Hmong relatives are all shaman. With your wife, Alice, um, that must, again, you were so curious by it because she couldn't give you the answer. She's just more like, mm-hmm. just believe in God. And that was it. We're like, well, then, yeah. of course, you're like such a curious creature. Like, why? Yeah. And I need analyticals. I need ideology. I need yeah. even history, you know. So you were seeking for it. It seemed like you had a lot of question about God, and that led you to theology? Yeah, it, it did. Yep. Yep. So elaborate that, on that. Yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting. All the questions that I was asking Alice when I first met her, those are questions that were already, you know, stirring up inside of me, even before I met her, even before I was introduced to a Hmong Christian, I had these questions about faith and about, about God and about Jesus. Um, I just had nobody to ask them to. Right. So, so when I met her, mm-hmm. like all my questions just start flooding out. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I went to Bible college that I was like, I was, I was like, oh my gosh, the questions, the, the, the content and the subjects that we're learning about in Bible college, those are all the questions that I was asking way back when, when I was trying to, you know, figure this thing out. Um, I had no idea that there were whole, um, you know, theological subjects and books and, you know, disciplines on the questions that I was asking. You know, I thought they were just my own personal questions, you know, like, why did Jesus have to die for us? Right? Like, what, like, why, why did, like, if there's a God, why did, why did God make it so that Jesus have to die? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, why can't God just come down and say, I'm God and, and then show us, you know, um, what it means uh, to, to follow God without Jesus dying. So in, in theological circles, you know, they have a technical word for that. They call that atonement, where atonement is really to make, uh, to make um, one again, right? So you atone for your sins. Uh, you know, even in Hmong Shaman, there's, a, there's kind of a parallel where we, we do animal sacrifice, right? Uh, we do animal sacrifice to win the, um, the favor of the spirits around us, right? So you kill an animal and then that, that, that earns you that favor. Well, atonement in, in the, the Christian concept of why Jesus died um, is very similar. It's that Jesus died so that, uh, you know, that's God's way of showing his, his, his love and his justice um, for humanity who's broken. Humanity is broken. And, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, God sends his son Jesus as, as the ultimate sacrifice so that we can be at one uh, with God again or be atoned to God again. Uh, so I didn't know I was asking all those questions that there's already books on. Uh, but yeah, it, it led me to, to study um, you know, Christian theology at a deeper level. Okay. I don't know if my answers have my questions have been answers or if, if I just have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think in life answers are always going to be asked. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I think, I think at times when we think that we have found a purpose in life, right. Nothing happens. Right. And then we go searching again. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think now when you had, so you, when you grew up as a, sh- in, in a shaman home, go through what you have, I am, were you also searching for a, I don't want to say God, but were you looking for some sort of, um, 
what's the right word for it? Um, an escape, you know, just a, I guess you can say savior or really for some sort of spiritual growth to like help you sustain what you were, help you go through what you were going through to be the best brother you can for your sibling while your parents are out there earning their living. Um, even, even, even if the, in the toxic world that you were in, um, where you're searching for a spiritual growth to help you maintain that duty in your life at that time? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, I think, I think the, the temptation to escape our troubles is very real, uh, no matter who we are. Right. Um, and, uh, I think in my context, I think the, the one word that I would describe what I was feeling was, uh, when it, when you, when you boil it all down, um, I was looking for hope mm, and I was okay. looking for a renewed, uh, sense of hope of like, what better version of the world is there? What better version of what it means to be a human is there? Is this it? We just, you know, uh, families just argue and, and, and we can never break out of that cycle. We can never treat each other with love and with, you know, self-sacrificial uh, love towards each other. Like, is that not a, a possible way? Right. Um, and so, it was really kind of like, I felt like I was at the end of my rope. Like I, I couldn't, uh, you know, pull myself out. Um, and I think that's what faith does. Right. And, um, and you know, one person could say, well, if, if that's what faith is, if, if it's just hope, um, then aren't all the, aren't all the religions, right. Cause it, cause all the religions offer hope. Right. And I think to that, I, I would say, I would say, um, you know, faith, faith and trust are really similar. And um, like the analogy I might use is um, if you're going to lean your ladder uh, on a wall, you know, a lot of the religions, they have like a nice wall. You can lean your ladder on it to, to uh, put your trust. You put your weight on the ladder. You trust the wall is going to hold you up, right? And so what I'm saying is that I think a lot of religions offer something like that. But, but I think Jesus is... Um, the the wall or the rock that's that's going to outlast all of them that if i'm going to put my my ladder on any one person um if i'm going to put my trust in any one person it's going to be jesus um, and so so yeah I, trust hope uh renewal healing i think all of those things were were what i was looking for um, and i and I, I think it's what most of us are looking for if we're honest but it's just where we place our trust to, to find that hope. Right. Well, I'm glad you found yours. Yeah. I think a lot of people still, you know, search for that. Absolutely. Now, did you, so I want to actually, uh, what, what I find really interesting was last time when you spoke, um, you spoke about, you know, you getting married, you marrying your wife, Alice. And you know, to you move to you change. Yo, cook a guy, uh, the new kitchen. Yo, so gay or How I have always wondered how does that gonna happen? How did you, your family, and her family come together and make that happen? Yeah, no, that was interesting. Um, 
lots of challenges as, as you, anyone might guess. Uh, but, uh, um, it, it started with me, you know, talking one-on-one -on -one with my dad, um, saying, dad, Hey, I, um, I personally believe in, in God and, and, and Jesus and, um, and, and, and I'm talking to my dad, Hey, I want to get married in a way where, um, it'll, it'll be honoring to our, you know, okay, but also honoring to, um, what I believe God made, made marriage to be right. Like if I believe that God is the creator of, of all things and of all people, then, and then, then I believe that God has a purpose for marriage and for reproduction of life. Right. Um, and so I wanted to honor that and also honor my uh, Hmong tradition. So I talked to my dad and, uh, you know, it definitely required him um, to kind of put himself on the line. So my dad, you know, I feel like he's, he's rough around the edges, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, he, you know, he, he comes through. And so he um, spoke with some of our, what's that? Does your family go to church too or only you? Um, only me. So at the okay. time that I was married, getting married, it was just me. I had one brother who was going to church, but my parents were not uh, going to church. Mm -hmm. okay. And so, yeah, my dad was not going to church, but I think he, he had enough um, support and just trust in, in who I was as his son that he wanted to, um, to kind of uh, make it happen, you know, where we could get married kind of the way that I wanted to. Um, honoring both the Hmong tradition and also honoring uh, God's purpose for marriage. And uh, so my dad, you know, he spoke with some of our, our clan uh, leaders and family members. And um, yeah, I think it almost got to the point where many of them were, were confused on like why my dad would do this. Um, so then, you know, we came back and then kind of brainstormed some more and we reached out to uh, the one of the local churches in the area, it's, it's the church where my wife uh, was, you know, grew up going to, going to in Milwaukee, and they have some mekongs to to help um, with the whole process. And so, so we kind of did a combination of there was a couple, a few representatives from my my clan, and then um, we basically we borrowed the church mekongs. <laughs> so it was kind of a right, <laughs> kind of a hybrid, right? Um, <laughs> And, you know, we did all the traditional, um, as far as like, you know, uh, uh, you know, right? the uh, family. Um, and so we did the, the dowry, the negotiations, um, you know, that process took all day. At the end of that, we, you know, you know, the, the, the pig was already killed, but we butchered it. <laughs> I remember it was like 3 a.m. And we just finished the negotiation yeah. and uh, someone yep. from her, her side was like singing this folk song to kind of close the, close the whole thing out. And then one of my, uh, one of my cousins brings out this, this baby pig that had been butchered and he starts chopping it up. So now we're like cooking this pig at like three in the morning. Uh, and it was crazy. So, uh, um, yeah, you know, hopefully we only uh, learn that once. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's so how has, you know, and I want to just I want to actually make it clear that this is this is not at all comparing um, what you believe before was as to what it is now. But. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's interesting to see how people take their own religion or, or faith, however you want to call it, mm-hmm. and use it and use it for good. You know, mm-hmm. use it as a motivation to help others or to be a better person. And in your case, you found your path. You mm-hmm. went with it. You found a partner who supports you in it. And it seems like it has done a great deal for you spiritually. Um, I'm sure it has brought you joy. If you were to compare who you are today, minus, you know, the, the being the pastor and so forth, and who you were before, how have you changed? How hmm. different are you now compared to before? Hmm. Yeah, you know, um, all, all my f- college friends, um, a bunch of Hmong guys, and my siblings, I think everyone who knew me before I placed my trust in Jesus, I think all of them can describe a, a, a really different person uh, from who I am today. Um, my siblings knew me as, again, this, you know, 14, 15 year old older brother who, um, you know, they called it, uh, it was like I was ruling with an iron fist, you know, cause like, again, mom and dad were gone and, and I, I, you know, I was responsible for, for the four of them. And, uh, you know, you got to cook, you got to clean, you got to put all that stuff away and then you got to do the dishes. And when people weren't doing it, you know, me being, uh, the older brother, I would just, use my strength, right. To, to uh, push my brothers around, right. Like, Hey, you're not gonna, you're not gonna vacuum. You know, I'll, I'll just shove you around, you know, make you make, you know, by force, right. Make you vacuum, you know? So my brothers and sisters, they'll, okay. they'll describe me like that. Um, and again, that was, I mean, I'm talking like, I was like, no, that was like 15, right. 14, 15. Uh, I wasn't doing that when I was like 18, 19. <laughs> um, and then my, my, my college friends, um, we went to the university of Wisconsin, Madison, a huge party school, right? And, uh, you know, my college friends will say I was like uh, one of the best, (laughs) you know, like uh, I could drink the most, you know? They kind of know me as... Yeah, they kind of know me as the guy who can can, uh, hang the most when it comes to to drinking because that's that's where I... That's my story, you know? So I'm not going to cover it up, right? That's part of my journey. Um, And uh, so I think they... You know, since I came to faith, um, I think a lot of my friends, they look at me, you know, we, we'll still hang out. We'll still see each other during weddings or, you know, when each other get married, we invite each other to our, our weddings. But, um, you know, they, they've told me, like, like, Dur, you're just so different now. Um, you know, sometimes I think about going to church too, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm like, you know, am I too sinful or, you know, I, I got to get right with God first. Mm-hmm. And to that, I just tell them like, no, you can't. <laughs> there is no getting right with God outside of going going to church and and you know bringing your crappy self, right? You just gotta bring who you are before God, and then you know God meets you in who you are. So um, that's that's part of all of our stories. Um, nobody gets himself cleaned up first. Um, so I think my friends and my my siblings would describe me like that. Okay, how's your relationship today with your family? How are you guys today as a whole? Yeah, man, we, we've, we've gone through all sorts of challenges. Um, 
so when I first started sharing with my family that, you know, I, I think I believe in God, you know, I think I want to start going to church. I'm, I'm pretty sure about this. Um, they were all pretty resistant. You know, they were like, no, man, you're like, it's like you're leaving us, right? That's how they feel like. It's like you're leaving us for a different um, identity, a different religion. Uh, so there was some disagreements. And I feel like, you know, some relationships have like healed from that, but, but still, it still feels a little different. Um, so that was like the earlier days of me coming to faith and what that did to our, my family relationships. But then uh, my parents got a divorce. Um, let's see. I mean, it's been like 10 years now, right. That they got a divorce, maybe 12 years. And um, my family's, you know, split up after that. So the the divorce like just destroyed our family you know that that, that was no longer about you know Durr and his uh, christian faith anymore that was just about oh my gosh mom and dad aren't together you know uh, our family was just totally just disassembled everyone lived in different parts of the country so coming out of that um we slowly started to you know see each other more um and and nowadays we uh, get together pretty regularly for the holidays around Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, and it's fun. Uh, we, you know, we really enjoy each other's company. Uh, I feel like my siblings and I, we're, we're all so alike, you know, that we, we get each other. Uh, so in many ways, I think it's safe to say that my relationship with them is probably, uh, has been, has probably been the best it's been, you know, considering the past uh, 10 years of events. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's so wonderful. You know, I think students were all so much alike. But Pichu Paulson, is she at the end of the day, the Mahayana? Right. We're all the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're pretty much the same. Yeah. So what is, you know, a lot of, do you, do you consider, what, what is the religion to you? So let me ask you that. Since you're a pastor, what is religion to you? Is that, um, because a lot of people, there are people out there who, some people out there who don't like to define their their faith as a religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're, if, if I understand your question correctly, um, some people like to categorize it like I have, I have faith, but I don't have a religion that's like organized religion. Is that kind of what you're referring to? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of ways that you can get really technical with these definitions, but I think real, just kind of real basic. I think religion. Um, let's let let's just talk about faith. I think faith, faith is almost inescapable. Even even uh, science, <laughs> even modern science has to uh, use a little bit of faith in in you know in what they do. Um, uh, if you're going to go and run an experiment, you know, observations in the field, right? You got to have faith that, um, you know, the results you got yesterday are going to be reputable today, right? And when, when it comes to just doing science, right? So you got to have faith in just the, the, uh, the fixed state of the universe, right? I'm talking really big, big terms here, right? Uh, now, when it comes to faith and like, I believe in, you know, shaman or Jesus or Buddha and all that, um, I think those things are, are so integral, uh, so embedded to what it means to be human. 
we don't call it a religion. Uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of, um, you know, Hmong, I talked to some Hmong brothers and sisters who they'll say things like, well, I don't believe in Jesus and I don't believe in shaman, shamanism either. Uh, you know, I just, I believe in nothing. But then you kind of hear them talk some more and then they'll talk about like, you know, ghosts and spirits and <laughs> demons and they'll talk about the afterlife and what happens. And I'm like, but everything that you're saying there has like faith implication, right? Uh, that there's some kind of belief system in believing in, you know, spirits and what happens after you die. Even if you don't call it shamanism, even if you don't call it Christianity, there's some kind of faith that every human person, you know, ha holds inside of themselves, whether or not they know it, right? And then religion, uh, in a technical definition, is just, again, a, a more um, organized historical version of that faith. So religion is something that's, you know, you pass down, you, you teach your kids about it, right? And, and, and it's, it's recognizable. Like one religion is recognizable throughout uh, the, the centuries, right? So that's what religion is uh, in, in my mind. Does that kind of answer that question a little bit? Yeah, yeah that helps clear it up a little bit. It does, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I wondered that a lot myself too. And how has your faith helped you be a husband to your wife and a father to your children that they need? Mm -hmm. how, oh, important, how important is it for you to be of that role model to them? Uh, it's super important. Um, I think it's, it's almost at the, at the heart of, of what I believe who God is. The family unit is the smallest unit of society. So if the family unit falls and crumbles, then society is going to uh, be impacted by that. You know, that's where you get, um, if a family unit falls and, and, a, and a mother or a father is absent, that's where kids grow up you know, with identity crisis, they join gangs, you know, and that's where you get just all the, the bad stuff in society that, that we don't want. And so uh, I really, really believe the family unit is uh, <laughs> really at the core of, of humanity, right? It's huge. Uh, and again, because I believe in a God who has purpose for marriage, who has purpose for, um, you know, even when you look at the human anatomy, right? Like there's a man and there's a woman and they have the material to create a new life and there's purpose in that reproduction. And, um, and so for me, you know, all of that um, is tied to as a father, as a husband, um, what's my role, right? And, and, and God, um, you know, show me, show me through other people who follow you, Jesus, show me through um, the Bible. You know, what, what do you have to, to show me about, what it means to to love my wife well, um, and to and to love my children well. So there's a lot there that we can unpack, but at the core of it, yeah, I think uh, my faith has a lot to do with uh, my how I'm a husband and how I'm a father. Do you feel like do you feel that you are closer to finding your purpose in life, or do you think you've already found it? Yeah. Great question. Um, I think that, that that's a that's a really hard question to answer because I think, in part, I have found purpose, but that's just partial. Um, and I think, I think what we 
feel like as as our purpose is not always permanent uh you know especially when it comes to like a vocation or a job i think those things are ever changing uh, those things can evolve right and yet you can still be fulfilling your purpose through you know different different jobs right um different callings um so in a way i feel like i've i've found purpose and and meaning right um in you know um in starting a family in um you know being a, a pastor um but i think that you know those things will, will evolve someday my kids are going to grow up <laughs> and uh you know be out on their own and i'll i'll, I'll still be their father obviously but it's going to be in a different uh shape different degree um and the way in which i serve at a local church um will not be forever either you know and so um yeah, that's a hard question to, to to answer, but I think I think the best way I can answer that is I feel like I've tasted purpose, but I don't I don't know if I've fully consumed it yet. And and I don't know if, if I ever will. Um, you know, uh I, I hope not yet because you know, we're we're not we're not we're not old, but we're not young either. Right. Right. So I, I hope that there's still that exactly. I hope there's still more, more purpose. To be experienced so i feel like yeah. there is because you you just started your journey as a pastor within like three four months right so it feel like it's just a start for you and i only hope that from here on out it's it just gets better and better and i know it will um so some with your family your wife um and your faith and your spiritual awakening and finding yourself when you were back in your twenties, you know, always wondering why, why, why. And now you, the more as you age, you know, your answer getting answered uh, to who you are today. Der. Yeah. Hey, thank um, you for the, those words. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted, you know, to wrap things up and say, thank you so much for your time. Um, and any last Parting words, Dur. Man, I'm just so excited that I got Hmong brothers and sisters doing what you guys are doing. I'm so excited to, to just to be a part of it. You know, I kind of see this as our generation. Uh, we got to pioneer this thing because it hasn't been done before as second generation immigrants, you know. Um, and so we're, we're creating this thing from the ground up in terms of creating a Hmong American culture. And so I'm just, I'm so, so excited that you guys are doing this. Um, and, I, and, and I look forward to, to more of this. And I hope this inspires more people to start podcasts and to share their stories and to, to start, you know, uh, clothing companies like my brother Sal, just to, to do it all, just to go for it, just to dream, you know. So um, thank you guys for the gift that you are uh, to us, to, to the Hmong community. Thanks that's a, yeah, that's a hashtag Hmong American milestone. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, for you, Mike. Yeah. You know, for you, Mike. No, nothing, Dur. Um, thank you so much for just sharing your story of your faith and your, your journey with finally trying to find yourself. And that's what our podcast is for. You know, it's for helping our brothers and sisters to be inspired by other stories like yours and to help us find our own selves. 
whether it's in Christianity, in in nature, in whatever it is. Um, that's what the purpose is for. Thank you so much for sharing this That ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our official website at www.mongmentot.com or like, like and share us on Facebook at Mongmentot. Who also believes in building family values. She believes not only in investing in your future, but also investing in your present moment, creating time and memories with your family. If you have any insurance needs or any questions, please don't hesitate to call her at the link below. Also, a special thanks to DJ Peter for using his beats. You can check him out at YouTube.